You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Timothy chapter 1, when you find your place there, if you could mark your place and then go to Luke chapter 2. And I just want to say before we get into the message, it's been a while since I've been able to speak in this fashion, so I want to back up a little bit and just say thank you to Victory Baptist Church for your love that you showed to our family uh, when Rowan was born. Thank you for all the text messages, the the diapers, the meals, and uh, the continued prayers. And uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know if it's because his middle name is Caleb, but he's been the best baby so far. Um, and I probably shouldn't even have said that publicly because now things are going to change. But uh, we are definitely blessed and can't. Uh, still uh, sometimes hard to say that we have four children. Um, but you come over to our house, it feels like there's 44 children in our house. But uh, we are definitely blessed and very thankful. And thank you to our church family. Also with uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, thank you for all the, the notes, uh, the junk food, and uh, the good food there, and then the gift cards, and uh, I don't know where they all went. My wife took them, and I'm not sure where the gift cards went to, uh, but I know I got to hold on to the Don Juan's uh, gift card. She does not, you pray for her, she does not like Mexican food, and so uh, if anybody wants to go with me uh, with 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 those gift cards, uh, uh, give me a phone call. We'll go there, Uh, but thank you so much to our church. It's not everywhere that you go uh, where you're you're appreciative of your uh, family, church family, And uh, thank you so much for that. And we sure feel loved. And I can't believe it's almost been two and a half years since we've been here. And uh, just it's gone by super fast. You know, what do they say? The um, especially with children, the days are long, but the years are short. So don't blink. It's gonna go. I keep blinking, but we keep having more kids. It's not going by too fast. But uh, um, but we feel like we've this is home when we first got here. And thank you so much for that. Um, I'm excited about preaching tonight. Uh, I'm also a little nervous. I'm always nervous. I hope that never goes away. It's a, it's a privilege to preach the Word of God, and I know that I've been called to preach. I remember fighting it for a long time. I said, Lord, I'll do anything but that, and uh, famous last words. I'm thankful that God could uh, use someone like me, and that's my desire tonight is to be used and uh, to share God's Word. I don't really have a title to this message. I really didn't know what to preach until about the, uh, earlier this morning. Right after uh, elementary chapel, I snuck away. I skipped out on high school chapel because this thought just hit me. And I'm re-preaching pastor's message that he preached this morning. So good thing it's not live stream. No, but uh, if the title, if I could title it, it's just another Christmas message. Another Christmas message. I hope you won't tune out the, uh, the familiar story tonight. I pray that God would speak to your hearts. But First Timothy 1, let's look at ver- one verse here. And then we'll pray, and then we'll read there a little bit in Luke 2, and we'll get into the message tonight. Uh, 1 Timothy 1, verse 15, it says this, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. And I'm so glad that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And uh, Paul's writing to Timothy here, he says, I'm, I'm the chief of sinners, I'm the worst sinner of all. Well, I'd like to tell him he had a good competitor right here, because I feel like I'm the worst sinner of all. Let's take our Bibles and go to Luke chapter 2, if you could flip over to there. We'll read the first seven verses, and then we'll get into the, uh, the heart of the message tonight. Luke 2, verse 1, it says this, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. 
And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Verse 5, to be taxed with Mary as a spouse wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Let's pray and then we'll get into the message. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this opportunity to preach tonight. God, I pray you speak to hearts, encourage those that need to be encouraged, challenge our hearts, Lord. And God, we thank you for this special time of year. And God, I pray that we would be faithful to give out the gospel. Lord, I pray that we'd be faithful to live out the gospel in our own lives. We ask these things in your name. Amen. And so I wonder if the, if the innkeeper would have only known who Jesus was, if it would have been a different story, on if Jesus would have got into the end there. I wonder if the, the Jews who cried out, crucify him, would have only known who Jesus was. I'm so glad that we have the, the entire word of God. It's perfect, and it's been preserved for us, that we have the entire story. We know who Jesus is. And I see when Jesus came here to the nativity scene, if you will, uh, number one tonight, he cleans up the dirty. He cleans up the dirty. Can you imagine that the King of Kings, our Savior, our Messiah, was born in a stable? Uh, I, I know there's no uh, dialogue here, but I'm wondering if Mary is just a little frustrated with Joseph because he forgot to call ahead and make reservations. He forgot to go online and book a room there at the inn. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't believe that she was excited about delivering a baby in a stall. I don't think she was excited about the conditions. No doubt it was very unsanitary. There was a lot of muck and manure and filth, if you will. I'm sure the smells were not so great either. But I see here that his presence transformed a stable into a nursery. A child was born. What a precious sight that it was. And I'm so glad I can say in my own life, I'm glad that he cleans up the dirty. He cleans up the dirty. Uh, we sing the song around Christmas time. There's a song in the air. There's a star in the sky. There's a mother's deep prayer and a baby's low cry. And the star rains its fire while the beautiful sing for the manger of Bethlehem cradles a king. Our hearts are dingy. They're dark. They're disgusting. They're dirty. But yet Jesus Christ offers to be born in our hearts. And he cleans up the dirty. Uh, we sing it tonight. Verse 4 of O little town of Bethlehem. Oh. Holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter and be born in us today. Christ said in his word, I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I'm so thankful that God cleans up the dirty. I'm glad that he reaches way down. He had to reach way down for me, and he cleans up the dirty. He transformed that stable into a nursery. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not only does he clean up the dirty, secondly, he lifts up the lowly. He lifts up the lowly. Uh, his presence transformed that, that, that manger scene into a nursery. His presence transformed the stable into a palace. A king was there. Uh, he was the king of kings, and he was born in the little town of Bethlehem. It was prophesied that he would be born there. Uh, Bethlehem was just a gathering place for shepherds. Bethlehem had really been referred to as Bethlehem Euphrata, if I could say that correctly, to be distinguished from another small, insignificant town. But now the king was born there and perhaps probably uh, the most precious cities of them all there in the Holy Land. And that little uh, stable out back, now people can go by and say there was a king that was born there. And I hope that when people see us, they can say there's a king living inside of you. There's a king, there's someone that's transformed that, that dirty, that dingy life and that dirty heart and has made it clean. And it lifts up, he lifts up the lowly. 
not only does he clean up the dirty, he lifts up the lowly. Number three, don't get your hopes up, okay? This is just the introduction. Uh, number three, he wants all of our worship. He wants all of our worship. His presence, if we were to read on in Luke 2, uh, when they get there, uh, when the wise men get there to his, his house, his presence transformed a house into a temple. Uh, the, the, the wise men came and gave him uh, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. He transforms our hearts and our homes into temples. I hope there's a change that goes on, okay? I hope that God is still sitting on the throne in our hearts. I hope we haven't pushed him to the side. I hope, we have, I hope he's still at the forefront of our hearts. But he changed that house into a temple. I think every week that when we come here to church, this place becomes a place of worship when God shows up. If God didn't show up, there, this wouldn't be a place of worship. Uh, I remember growing up, uh, my, my, my parents always taught me it was God's house. We don't run in God's house. So we're like, hey, what's wrong with your children? We're still teaching them, okay? Uh, my, my parents always told me, you don't go up on the platform. You don't go behind the pulpit. That's a sacred place. That's why I have such a hard time even sitting up here, because I feel like my parents are going to come and rip me off the platform. Uh, but I, 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 we always we were taught it's a precious place. It's, a, a, it's God's house. I wonder in our own house, okay, physically our own house, could someone come by and tell that a Christian lives there? Could they see the Word of God there? Would we have to hide stuff? Well, we have to put away stuff if somebody was coming over. What about in our own lives, our, our physical, our spiritual homes, our hearts? Did somebody see a difference on, on the outside? Let's make sure that he's getting all of our worship. I'm glad that he only doesn't, he, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'd much rather be wanted than needed. There's a difference. There's a difference between being needed and being wanted. I'm, I'm glad that Christ wants us. He wants all of our worship. His presence can transform your house into a tabernacle. His presence transforms our purposeless... Uh, I mean, I, I just can't imagine people that go through here and think that there's, there's nothing after this. There's no purpose. And uh, I'm thankful that God gives us a purpose. And it's because He came into our lives and He transformed our lives. I think about uh, how his, his presence transforms funerals into celebrations. I don't know how people go through... Uh, that, 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 that you know, going through losing a loved one and not knowing if the heavens their home. They don't know if they've ever put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But he's turned that because if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it's only a celebration. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through. And I'm glad that God has, has done that by transforming our lives, our defeats into victories, our hopelessness into hope. We had no hope. But Jesus Christ came and brought that hope. Let Jesus transform us by being born in our heart. I think about that song. Let every heart prepare him room. Do you have room for Jesus? Are we too busy? Uh, I don't want to get onto too many negative things tonight, but I believe that maybe one of the negative things about COVID is it's just uh, church and, and Christianity has become to when it's convenient for me, I'll, I'll, I'll get to church. When it's convenient for me, and I understand, okay, some people should not be here. I understand all that. But I wonder tonight, are we just uh, conveniently worshiping are we worshiping God with our whole heart? Does He have all of us? He cleans up the dirty. He lifts up the lowly. He wants all of our worship. Let's turn one more place, okay? Isaiah chapter 9. Please turn there. Isaiah chapter 9. Again, another familiar verse here. Verse number 6, Isaiah 9. We'll look at this, and I'll read another verse, and then we're almost, we're almost done, but uh, we're just getting to the middle part of the message, Okay. Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince 
of peace. I want to just, as we're closing here, consider, consider why Jesus came. Consider why He came. We read the first at the beginning of the, the message tonight. Uh, he came to save sinners. He came to save us. Consider why He came. Uh, he came to clean up our mess. Consider when He came. Okay? Galatians 4, it says this, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that, were, uh, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. At the right time, at the perfect time, Jesus Christ came into this world. You know, I don't know about you, I can catch myself doing this, okay? I can catch myself talking about all the negativity, maybe some dark days that we're going through. I, I oftentimes find myself saying, I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked anymore. Turn on the news, I'm shocked that that happened, but I'm not shocked that that's happening, uh, if that makes any sense. Uh, it, it's just amazing the things that uh, we're hearing about. But you know what? It's no different than what was happening back in Christ's day when he, first, when he came into this world. It was some dark days back then, too. And many times we think, man, this is, this is, this is awful. Well, this world is not our home, okay? Uh, how do you expect a, a sin-cursed world to, 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 to be? But I think about when Jesus came. It was a time of government control. The government was controlling a lot of things. It was dark days. There was evil rulers. Everyone had to be uh, taxed. They were being counted. And the government was keeping track of everything. I'm not trying to stir up anything tonight, but uh, King Herod, uh, the evil king, he was slaughtering babies. I, I can't even imagine hearing about that, but then it's crazy to me that uh, not only can you abort a baby at six weeks, but now you can abort a baby minutes before it's supposed to be born. It's just sickening. And I, I'm not trying to put a damper on the message tonight, but I'm just saying it was some dark days back then too. It was some dark days, but Jesus Christ came at the perfect time at the right time. I don't know what you're going through tonight. Uh, maybe you're going through some dark days in your own life. Can I just encourage you tonight that Jesus Christ is perfect. He's on time every time. He never misses anything. He knows what you're going through. He cares about what you're going through. God's timing is always perfect. Mary had a long journey. Uh, I don't think a donkey probably was the, her first choice. I don't think it was her first choice to have to go make this long journey, but out of obedience, uh, God used this negative time in their life. I don't think it was very convenient for them to go do this. But God used this time to fulfill prophecy that, they, that Jesus Christ would be born in Bethlehem. God used that time uh, to, to really just, it was just amazing to work that miracle there. Uh, Bethlehem, uh, in, in the midst of all that darkness, amidst all the dark days that were going through, the brightest light was born into the world. And I think about just even with my own children, I want to be careful about talking in front of them saying, man, I, I, it's so wicked, it's so dark. You know what? I'm excited about how God has chosen us to live for such a time as this. Uh, darker the night, the brighter the light. People are searching. They're searching more than they've ever searched before. And uh, what an opportunity, what a privilege it is to serve God during these dark days. And I believe he's coming back at any time. And I'm looking forward to that, uh, especially now that we have four kids. Jesus Christ, come quickly. Okay, no. But uh, consider why he came. Why did he come? He came to save me. He came to save sinners for whom I am chief. Consider when he came. It was on time. It was perfect. Lastly here, by way, uh, closing, consider who he is that came. Consider who he is. We read it in Isaiah 9 there. I think you're still turned there. But wonderful. He is wonderful. And that's not just an adjective, okay? That's his name. That's his whole being. That's who he is. He is wonderful. He is my everything. Uh, there are Christians who have trusted Him as Savior, but really don't know really how wonderful He is. Can I encourage you now? I hope that you're experiencing how wonderful Jesus is. So I'm not experiencing that. Well, it's not, it's not Him. It's you. 
Okay, and let's make sure that we're on the right track here. There, uh, uh, moving on here, in his birth, there was wonder. In his life, there was wonder. In his death, there was wonder. In his resurrection and ascension, there was wonder. And can I just say, the best is yet to come as a Christian. I'm looking forward to that day. He's wonderful. He is my everything. Counselor, he understands everything, and he cares about everything. And I don't know about you, but I like it when someone can understand something and they could care about it at the same time. And Jesus Christ, all the time, he understands it and he cares about it. He understands what you went through and he cares about what you went through. He understands what you're going through right now and he cares about what you're going through right now. He understands everything that you're going to go through and he cares about everything that you're going to go through. He's our counselor. Uh, the, the Bible says uh, he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities and in all points tempted as we are. He understands. We can touch him because he's gone through much more than we have ever had to go through, and he, he's saved us from things that we don't have to go through. He's our counselor. He's our mighty God. Uh, we sing that song with our kids. My God is so big. Uh, I won't sing it, okay? But my God's so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing that my God cannot do. I'm so glad that the, the, the God that I get to teach my children about, about the God who uh, delivered Noah uh, and his family from the flood with the ark, the, the, the God that, uh, that delivered Daniel from the pit of the lions, the God that delivered David from the giant, and we can go on and on, God that delivered Joseph out of prison. That's the same God that we serve today. It's not just some storybook. It's real. It's the same God that we serve today. He is mighty. He can do anything. He is the one to whom all power is given, Matthew tells us. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, He will always be there. He is the creator of all things. The Bible tells us in Colossians, for by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be by thrones or principalities or powers. He is before all things. I'm so glad that we have a Father that will never leave us nor forsake us. He will always walk with us. Uh, this, uh, this, is this phrase that Reagan says, I believe that she understands it, but sometimes I think she just says it because maybe she wants an extra ice cream or something, but uh, I, I love it that our children, we always, try to, we always try to say, I love you, I love you, and uh, I think they understand it when they're saying it back. I think sometimes they just say it because we're saying it, but Reagan's starting to say this to me. She said, Dad, I'm going to love you no matter what, and uh, she'll say, I'm going to love you no matter what, and I said, Reagan, I'm going to love you no matter what too, but I'll remind her, it says, you have a heavenly father that's going to love you no matter what, love you so much more than your earthly father. I'm so glad we have a heavenly father that loves us no matter what. And uh, I'll tell Reagan, you know what? I love you even when I don't like you. Uh, and I uh, said, so, but your heavenly father loves you even when and he likes you. Don't pretend like you've never said that before. Okay, moving on here. The mighty God, he can do anything. The everlasting father, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And lastly, they're the prince of peace. Uh, this gives us peace. This gives us assurance. Uh, in the uh, quietness and confidence, he shall be your strength. You know, there can't be any peace on this earth until He's reigning. Uh, there can't be any peace in your heart until He's reigning in your heart. And uh, Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. We sing that song, I've got peace like a river. We sing in church, it is well with my soul. Why? Uh, because of who He is. And uh, consider why He came. He came for me. He came to clean up my mess. Uh, consider when He came. It was perfect. It was at the right time. I don't know all that you're going through. But he does. Uh, he knows uh, the perfect timing. And I'll tell you this, uh, God's timing is not our timing. Uh, two nights ago, I went to, to, to a restaurant in town. I'll just say it like that, okay? And I went with several people, and we had a meeting, and everything went, went great. Well, the next night, it uh, doesn't happen very often. My wife and I got a date, 
and uh, no kids, praise the Lord, so we were going to go eat at that same place that was good the night before, let's try it again, and uh, we sat there for 45 minutes and never got our food, and uh, anybody that goes out with no kids, you understand those are precious 45 minutes when you have babysitters, and so uh, we got up with a smile on our face, and walked out, and uh, I said to him, I said, hey, I'm sorry, but we got to go. Let me pay for the one drink that we got, and uh, thank you for the bread, and uh, they said, don't worry about it. I said, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a Merry Christmas, but hey, those 45 minutes took forever, but to someone else, it didn't seem that long, and uh, what I mean by that, okay, is I, I think of just people uh, in the Bible. We have examples of uh, people that went through, I think of the lady in Matthew uh, chapter 5, I believe it is, the issue of blood. She had that for 12 years. And she tried so much uh, to get that, uh, uh, you know, fixed. And it said that the things that she'd taken, the doctors and physicians that she'd gone to, she was actually worse. Well, she was trying things on her own power. And then she, all she did was touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, and her issues of blood were, t- were taken away. I wonder tonight, are we going around trying to do everything on our own? And uh, we think it's our, you know, this is taking forever, God, so I'm going to do this all on my own, own power, own strength, my own, my own plan. Maybe we don't say that, but we do that. And uh, we make a mess of things. Well, I'm glad that Jesus Christ cleans up our mess. I'm glad that he lifts up the lowly, and I'm glad that he wants us. He wants all of our worship. Does he have all of you tonight? And uh, I just ask you to search your heart. Say, God, there's some areas in my life. I don't believe that you have all of me. I'm going to do a little bit better during this Christmas season. I want to get that situated before the the new year. I love that uh, the new year is always followed after, after Christmas because we have this time of reflection on the new birth of Jesus Christ, and then we get to go on a new year and have a fresh start and uh, looking forward to this Christmas season here at Victory Baptist Church. And if I could just challenge you, another Christmas message there. Just consider uh, when he came. Consider why he came. Consider who he is that came. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.